You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, I have a guest. Her name is Talia. Talia, we met. And it's interesting because her company is called We Met Through Talia. She's a matchmaker and dating coach, but her actual last name is We Met, but not spelled in the way that you think it is. So very clever name for her business. And we get down to business talking about the numbers game of dating and meeting women, understanding why you need volume. So we start to go across all the different ways you can meet women, Instagram, through friends, through matchmaking, through in-person approaching, through online dating and the dating apps. So we go through all the different ways and kind of touch upon everything, talking about why volume and why having exposure is very important. And that's what we dive into on this episode. And I think that you are really going to enjoy it. Before we get into that, I wanted to talk about real quick, and I've been, I've been thinking about some situations that come up with questions that people ask, even coaching clients that I'm working with. And today, I was thinking about this idea of when you are really interested in one woman, we call it one-itis. I did a whole episode on that here on the podcast. But I was talking to a client who I'm going to leave him anonymous. I keep all of my clients anonymous, so no one would ever know who it is. But we were talking about a woman that he's interested in. And we were talking, and I hope he's listening to this right now, but it's going to be basically a repeat of what I told him on our call, is understanding that when you're really interested in a woman, what's most important is not how much you like her, but if she's interested in you. A lot of guys get so caught up in their emotions when they like a woman, like, you don't understand, Trip. I really like this girl. They keep on trying to convince me of like, Trip. I really like this girl. This is the girl I like for this reason, that reason, this reason. She's beautiful. She's sweet. She's this. My family likes her. We're friends. We get along. We have fun together. They go and offer this whole laundry list of reasons. And I say, listen, I don't care. And I'm not trying to say this in a dick way. I'm trying to help you here. But I'm saying this in a way where it doesn't matter to me how much you like her. Great. Whether you like her a little bit or a lot, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me and what should matter to you is how much she likes you. I'm going to say this again. This is such an important point that I really need to to hammer on here. I don't care how much you like her. And let's just put myself in the shoes of this of this person, right? I don't care how much I like the girl. I care, is she interested in me? So I'm always going to be making the moves to find out if she's interested in me and leading the interaction, right? Dominance, something I talk about in my TED formula. Dominance, leading the interaction. I'm going to be doing that to see if she complies with me moving the interaction forward to then see if she's interested. That's what I care about. I don't obsess over her. I shouldn't... Well, I'm not obsessing over anything. I don't want you to obsess over anything. But that's the whole point. We're not obsessing over her and putting her on the pedestal that many men do with women. Instead, we got to focus on, is she interested in me? So with my client, I told him, listen, you've been hanging out with her a lot. And it's even gotten to the point where he told me that a friend told him that that the girl doesn't even like him, but she still gives him signs that that she does, and he's convinced that she has to like him. I said, okay, listen, if you want the ultimate sign, then you got to go for a kiss. And he said, well, what if that turns her off? Listen, man, you've been hanging out with her for months and months and months. Then no, this is not going to be a turnoff. She's either going to be A, thinking finally he kissed me. Oh, man. What took him so long? Or she's going to be like, whoa, why are you kissing me? I don't see you like that. And great. Both answers are fantastic. And you might think, Trip, that's crazy. I thought the answer that you want is that she wants to kiss you back and that she likes you. Well, yeah, sure. That's ideal. But no, we don't care about that. 
In TripAdvice, we don't care about the outcome. We care about saving time and being efficient and going through the process because the results will come. So what do we do? We go for the kiss. We see if she's interested. And if I take a couple steps back, we'll get her number. We'll ask her out. We'll go on a date. We'll do all the things to lead it to that point where we're courting her, so to speak. And as long as she complies with all that, she's interested. She's interested. So I want you to know that for the women that you're meeting, stop obsessing over one woman. I don't care what quality she has. I don't, you can't convince me enough how great a woman is. Doesn't matter unless she likes you back and she's interested in you. So there you go. All right. Now, let's get a little bit back on topic here. We're talking about the numbers game of dating. But really, it's all on topic because the whole idea is my client doesn't have options. And if he had more options with more women, which is what we're working on together in the coaching program, then he wouldn't be obsessing over this one. He would be done with her probably because he would have women that are interested in him. And of course, women that are interested in you that you're interested in, that beats a woman any other day that's not showing interest in you. I hope you followed that there. So you want options, you want exposure, which is what we talk about on today's episode. And we do that through meeting women in all different kinds of ways. If you need help and you want to do coaching with me, that's available at coachedbytrip.com. The link is in the show notes. Go there and I will help you and make sure that you get lots of exposure, meeting lots of women. So we are practicing and becoming more confident and we are becoming better at meeting and attracting women and teaching you every step along the way. I'm here for you. This is my mission, and I'm ready to help you. If you're ready for it, go to coachedbytrip.com right now, and we can get started. In the meantime, let's go to Talia Wemet, where we're talking about exposure. Hey, Talia, how's it going today? You know what? It's doing good. It feels like Monday, though. How are you? It feels like Monday. Why do you say that? You know, I've got a little bit of the sniffles, but hanging in there. <laughs> yes, I know. I love that we're both powering through this. We were talking about this before we started the episode, that we are both feeling kind of sick, but I appreciate your dedication for not rescheduling and still coming on. So thank you. No, thank you. Same to you. Oh my gosh. We're powering through this. <laughs> I know. I as I like I said earlier, I, I record multiple podcasts in a day, so I really can't go down for a day. I gotta make sure I'm always getting them out there and and keeping to all the interviews. So we're here, we're doing this. And I think the guys should learn about you a little bit mm. and your story and how you got into this. So I know that you're a matchmaker and a dating coach. Do you call yourself just a matchmaker or do you say I'm a matchmaker dating coach? That's a really good question. I would say I call myself a matchmaker just because it kind of covers the whole realm. Yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. Okay. So tell us your story. How did you get into this? You know, I feel like matchmaking found me because I've just been connecting people for so long. It's been roughly 10 years. And I decided to do it professionally about three years ago. I worked for these two twins from Houston, Texas. And once I figured out the industry, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own and move to New York and do the whole shebang. So I got into it about... I have, I've had my own company for about a year now. And I just love it. So, so cool. What, what What's one of your biggest success stories? Oh, this is easy. Okay. My biggest success story is one of my clients refused to go on this date with their match. And I was like, you've got to trust me. This is the one. You just have to trust me. And they're like, no, no, no. Anyways, after a month's worth of convincing, so full 30 days, they finally went to this restaurant and went on a date. And sure enough, they're getting married April 24th of this this year. Wow. Amazing. Called it. <laughs> That's amazing. What what made you call it? How did you know? It's an intuition thing. I think if you speak to any matchmaker, it's like we just know intuitively when two people are gonna hit it off. It's an energy thing. And it's also like, do they share the same values? Do they share the same religious views? And I knew them both so well separately. And I was like, I've got to bring these two people together. And sure enough, it's so it'll be four years they've been together. Yeah, I think their anniversary is like in July or something. But yeah, they're getting married next month. So it all worked out. Are you out. invited? I am. I'm one of the bridesmaids. 
You're one of the bridesmaids. I know. I was actually not expecting to be asked that, but I'm so honored. So, yeah. That is so cool. That is so cool. You also mentioned something earlier. You said that you force your clients to give them dating advice, that you don't do matchmaking without dating advice. Tell us about that for a sec. Okay. So basically... I strongly believe that when you just make an introduction and you introduce someone, it doesn't go as well unless they have a little bit of intel and they have a little bit of coaching. Like if you know someone loves Italian reds, you know, talking about wine, they're a big wine connoisseur, and you know the other person also feels that way and they have a passion for it, why wouldn't you mention it to them and say, hey, when you guys first meet, here are three things that you guys can connect on and bond on. And then sure enough, you're teeing it up for success because they go on a date and they've got a little bit of a heads up. And then you get to hear feedback about both parties at the end. And then you get to give feedback to your client. And believe it or not, like that's a game changer. I just don't believe in matchmaking where like two people are just introduced. And then there's just like zero feedback. I think it's everything. So the coaching is really important. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. What part do you like better? Do you enjoy giving the dating advice or do you enjoy the matchmaking side of it more? I... Oh, that's a tough one. Do I enjoy the matchmaking or the dating advice? I would say I love them both. But if I really had to drill down, I think the matchmaking part is more fulfilling because I get really excited that two people that don't know each other are going to meet up. Like I had a client in Miami and then the match flew to Miami. They had the most amazing weekend, went jet skiing, the whole thing. And they're like, so they're like, oh my God, we think they both mutually think they're each other's person. And I'm like, this is amazing these people are probably going to end up having kids one day, you know? So I think the matchmaking part is more fulfilling. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I'm the worst matchmaker ever. I tried it, not as a profession, but just like for fun when I was in LA and I just failed miserably. Because all I would do is like, if I ever met a cute girl, I would just be like, oh, I have a friend. And then I would just set up my friend with the girl based on nothing but looks. And it never really got anywhere. Because it's, got to be a little bit more to it than just setting up your friends with cute girls, right? hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it's funny when my friends try to set me up, I'm like, hold on guys. Did you actually think this through? Like, is, do we have similar values? Do we have anything in common? Are they as bougie as I am? Or are they like super granola? Like I need to know like what's going on. And they're usually like, mm, I didn't think that through. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's, that's matchmaking. So yeah. Got it. Okay. What, what, what's the what's this bougie part? You're bougie. <laughs> no, I think I'm. I'd like to. How many? How many? Um, how many items of Gucci do you own? Zero. I'm not like materialistic. Okay. I just like. I like things done. Like like okay, this is a good way of describing me. I'm not one to wake up in the morning and say I want to go hiking today. Let me go pack up a book bag and let me go hiking for four hours. That's just not. Me and now, if someone's like, "Hey, let's go boating for the day," I'm like, "Okay, sign me up." So I'm not. Got it. You want you want to be on a fancy yacht, not getting sweaty hiking. <laughs> Is that right? I wouldn't go quite that extreme, but sure, we'll go there. Do you ever set yourself up with clients? Oh God, no, no. Do you ever go? I might be a good match for you. Absolutely not. No, that would be very unethical. No, I'm pretty sure sh- during a consultation. I get a really good gauge of the person. And if there's, if there were ever an instant where I'm like, wow, there's actually chemistry here, I would just not take them on as a client, which hasn't happened yet. But my mentors, you know, I worked for those two twins for a while and they've just told me best practice. If you even have any connection with that person, don't take them on as a client. Yeah. Yeah. You just kill it. Yeah. The right thing. Yeah. Just refer it. it out. I can refer it out to someone that I trust within the industry. So, right. Yeah. yeah, there's so many matchmakers. I mean, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just there's just so many. It's really overwhelming. No male matchmakers though. None that I know of. Do you know any male matchmakers? I don't. And we just had our global annual conference, our two day conference for matchmaking, and we were just discussing that how there's such a market for it. We need male matchmakers, and it would be a game changer for that person who would decide to come into it because it's not a saturated market at all. They would crack yeah. it. <laughs> Interesting. Well, not for me. I'm just going to stick to the dating coaching. Just going to stick to the dating coaching. No matchmaking. Yeah. I don't think I have the intuition. And either way, I like the advice part. 
You know, that's that's more on my end. I enjoy giving the advice and telling guys the best practices to be able to meet women and I want to say like to not use matchmaking, but I'm not against matchmaking. I think mm-hmm. any guy listening right now should absolutely do matchmaking, but I wouldn't ever say to do matchmaking and only do matchmaking. Oh, I would say that would be like mm-hmm. one area to meet women. What were you going to say? No, just to piggyback off that, I agree because I even tell my clients, don't just try to leverage my network. Yes, I have an incredible network. I probably know 10,000 people and you have a great network. However, it's a numbers game, right? So you want to make sure that you're using my network plus dating apps plus your friends need to know you're single and looking. Tell your friends like, hey, I'm open to meeting someone. If you think of anyone, let me know. So the more exposure, the better. Yeah. And that is what we're talking about today, right? Exposure. Exposure in the sense... Or how would you define exposure? I just look at exposure as who knows you. Who knows you exist, right? So the more people that know you exist, then you're on their radar. So that means that maybe perhaps you're on the radar for their friend, their brother, their sister, whoever. And so I just think it's important to have Instagram and leverage that and leverage dating apps, leverage matchmaking services, especially because we're in this weird time where dating is not at all what it used to be. Because I mean, with the masks on everything, like who goes up to someone in a coffee shop anymore and says, Oh wow, you look great today. You know, like dating's just kind of compliments are different, dating's different. So definitely leveraging other people's networks and online dating. When you say compliments are different, how do you mean? Well like you probably wouldn't compliment someone's I don't know. I just I think that compliments are different. People aren't really like, oh, I mean, like last year. Do you think it's too intense? Do you think like giving a compliment is is like weird to do now because we don't really talk to each other in person as much and we're just online? Perhaps, but I mean, nowadays compliments are like, oh, I love your mask. Where'd you get it? I mean, I had someone say that to me the other day, and I was like, wow. 2019, I would have never heard that compliment. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Maybe if you went to Burning Man. Right. So you're not you're definitely not going to Burning Man. I'm definitely not going to Burning Man. That is is not your thing. Um, Okay, so we're talking about exposure. Mm -hmm. You're saying tell your friends that you're single, make that known. Now you said Instagram. Mm -hmm. What did you mean by Instagram? Do you mean like Instagram is a place to meet women? Yes, absolutely. I've had sliding in DMs. Slide in those DMs. Let me tell you the amount of relationships I've had that came out of Instagram. I think that it's such an incredible place to meet people and to connect, whether it's for work, whether it's for a romantic reason. I mean, any of my clients, the first thing I do is I say, Hey, let me take a look at your Instagram. Let me see what, you know, because it's your profile is kind of like your billboard, right? So it's a representation of you. So if you're family oriented and you have nothing but clubbing pictures or drinking or holding up bottles, is that really a representation of you? No. And so I think it's so important that people, clients, or whoever, does like a revamp or something if they need one. So with Instagram, mm-hmm. I've found that I have clients and guys who tell me that they will DM a woman and they don't hear back. Okay. So I mean, how do you actually go about doing that? Like, How do you slide into a, a girl's DMs, which let's be honest, if my client or if someone's doing that, it's probably an attractive... Well, to be honest, I don't even think it matters. I think just all women, attractive or not attractive, are getting DM'd a lot. How do you stand out from that? You know, can I read you a DM that I got that I thought was... Absolutely. So, I just thought it was great. How often are you getting DM'd? I would say at least once a day, at least. But you know, that's, you know, that's funny too, because your Instagram, from what I remember, doesn't really have a lot of pictures of you. Let me look. Yeah, it's not, it's really not a lot. And you're still, this is, that's why it's so hilarious. You barely, because let's see, most of it's quotes. Mm-hmm. If anyone wants to follow along, you can follow her. It's Talia, we met, T H A L I A O U I M E T. So I'm looking at it right now, it's mostly quotes. Then there's some sporadic pictures, red jumpsuits. Yeah, you have like no pictures and you're still getting DM'd once a day. 
This is, this is I mean, it doesn't blow my, blow my mind, but it's just so interesting. Okay, what were you going to say? The best one I get all the time is, does the matchmaker have a match? And I'm like, <laughs> this is does great. Does the matchmaker have a match? You uh, get that a lot? I get that all the time. And she doesn't have a match as of two days ago. So quite interesting. Wait, what do you mean? Like two days ago, 100% became single. So. Oh, well, can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> no, we cannot. <laughs> Straight up, no. <laughs> nope. But it's for the best. So, are you okay? Is this why you're not feeling well today? No, 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 no. I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. It's completely okay. for the best, and I just have to trust the universe has a different plan for me. You know. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't. I didn't see any pictures of this person on your Instagram, and I've been following you for at least a few weeks now. That's interesting. Hmm. Yep. There's a reason for that too. <laughs> Got it. Got it. <laughs> Okay. Um, I can tell we don't want to talk about this. That's fine. Hope you're doing okay. Moving on. So the DM you got was the one you just read, right? Does the matchmaker have a match? Wait, no. This is... No, no, no. This is a good one. That, oh, okay. Those are okay, here's one. cheeky, but this is the one I thought was really good. So it said, Hey, Talia, I hope your weekend's going well. I saw that we had a mutual friend and I think you're absolutely beautiful. We should grab a drink sometime. And I was like... Wait, that's so interesting. Who is this person? I click on their profile and I see that we do have a mutual friend. And I was like, that's weird because I don't even know that guy very well. Like, I think we were in a Queens, we met once. And so that kind of piqued my interest. So, if a client of yours or mine, right, saw that there was one mutual person, this is a great line because it just immediately made me think, who's the mutual friend? Let me at least investigate a little bit. And he gave me. I've actually, Mm -hmm. I've, I think I've told guys to use that on Facebook. Like that, actually, that line sounds familiar. Like I, <laughs> I remember, I, I think I've told guys to use that. I'm not saying he caught that from me, but I'm, I know that I've told guys. I think, wait, so what was the line again? Read it again. Yeah, sure. It said, Hey, Talia, I hope you're having a great weekend. I saw you and I were connected with one of my friends, and I think you were absolutely beautiful. We should grab a drink sometime. Okay. The one that I say to guys is, Hey, is something like, hey, I see that we have a mutual friend. How do you know so and so? Yeah, that's a good one. That's so that's an- that's another one that I have guys do sometimes. Conversion rate's very low. Okay. But anyway, you got that. Are you gonna go on a date with this guy? No. Mm-mm. Okay, so then it wasn't a good DM. No, it's it's not that. It's just that I did my own investigating and I just I realized where he lived and it was it was just too far for me. So Okay, got it. How far is too far? I would... I mean, I would have to cross the bridge. I'm not doing that. Okay, we're not crossing bridges. Got it. <laughs> no, I want to stay in Manhattan. <laughs> okay, got it. Got it, got it, got yeah. it. Well, and you also might not be there for much longer. Who knows? Who knows? So, yeah, it's just... Um, but I still thought it was different, you know, to go back... Okay, let's say, let, let's say this. Mm-hmm. He... Okay, let's assume you've been single for a while. That probably has a factor in it too, I'm sure. It's like... Um, or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But let's just say you've been single for a while mm-hmm. and that person doesn't live across the bridge. Would you then go on a date with them? 100%. Okay. You don't think it's too forward saying you look beautiful? No. I No. But then again, my love language is like... Mine's all words of affirmation. So for me... Every woman's is words of affirmation. Not every woman, no. So many women's is words of affirmation. Take a poll. Ask 10 of your friends. Sure. We talk over DM. Let me know. I guarantee you more than 50% is words of affirmation. Or it's going to be something like words of affirmation and then tying with something else. I don't disagree. I'd say 50% is about accurate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Wait, we're, I lost us in conversation. Where were we? We were talking about really good DMs for our clients. So that okay. oh yeah, you asked me about is it too forward to ask to do a compliment up front? Yeah. Yes. I say no. I think it's a very gentleman thing to do. But what do you think on it? I mean, you're a dating coach, so I'd love to really quick. I think it is too forward because I think that it it doesn't make you stick out. And it's not that it's too forward. It just you're putting yourself in the pool of every other guy. Like how many other men are DMing you and every other woman? You're sexy, you're beautiful, you're cute, you're adorable. 
probably a lot. It just doesn't feel very original. Not that it has to be unique. So actually, let me just take that back. It's not that it's not original. It's just obvious, you know? So I like I like guys to DM and say, hey, I don't know. This is not word for word, but the idea is like, hey, came across your profile and I see that we share a passion for life. Thought I'd say hi or I thought I'd connect. So it's kind of going in a different direction of like, and be honest, I, you know, I, I, we can handle the criticism here. Let's, let's, let's work with this. If you got that one versus the beautiful, which one do you like better? Honestly. Don't just agree with me. <laughs> Would you rather have the beautiful one? Does a beautiful one feel better? Or do you like the passion for life one? Passion for life. I mean, but my Instagram doesn't even ha- show my passion for life. So I'd be like, well, where is he even getting this from? You know? I think it does. You think it has a passion for life? Okay. So, I mean, kind of. I mean, you're doing... Exited mm-hmm. out. But yeah, I don't know. You're... Yeah, you seem well, social. You have some pictures of friends. You're a matchmaker. Yes. I mean, it's vague for sure. I, you know, I want to agree with you, but I'm going to say that the one that I got from this guy is definitely better. Okay, you like the beautiful one better. Yeah. Well, not just that. I just love how he like gave me a task. Like I immediately wanted to know who we were connected to. You know, it gave me. Got it. I got to like do some investigating. And he just didn't make the cut. He didn't quite make the cut, but that's okay. But he's a he's a great person. We've actually ended up friends now, so. Okay. Okay. Nice. Okay. So exposure, Instagram, telling your friends. What do you think about approaching women on the street? What are your thoughts on that? Mm, has to be done in a very strategic way because there's so many mean girls out there. I mean. If you're going to be rejected, it needs to be done. And like, I really think that it's, I'm all for it. Go up to someone. I mean, I had someone leave a napkin that had their number and said, you know, something really cute and cheeky. And I actually did end up texting him and I was like, hey, I'm actually unavailable, but um, keep doing what you're doing. I was like, I'm actually a dating coach, matchmaker, whatever. And I said something like, you know what? Good for you for putting yourself out there. So I encouraged him to keep going, even though, you know, it wasn't, I was a, not available at the time. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. I was on a podcast of a uh, feminist and she said to me that she doesn't think that men should approach women like in person. I'm going to have to disagree with her as a professional and as a woman. Just two separate things. Completely disagreeing on both. (laughs) It's it's such a polarizing statement. Like I, I... I just can't even believe that anyone would say that. I mean, I, she's saying that she shouldn't do that because it can make a woman feel awkward or it's scary and men are, uh, can, can harm a woman and it's just very uncomfortable. And then I'm just sitting there thinking like, all right, so what were people doing before online dating? I mean, I'm not saying that everyone was just approaching each other on the streets and sidewalks, but... They were meeting each other at parties and get-togethers and bars, but I just I can't I can't understand a world where we can't just go up and say hi to a woman. And I mean, I'm working with a client right now, and he, he did that, and he's almost in a relationship. Right. I'm sure she's pretty happy that he went up and approached her. A hundred percent. Actually, my parents met in an elevator, and my dad approached my mom, and I'm had that not happened, I wouldn't even be here. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm all for it. I think you're offended. Yes. Yeah. I just think that men should a hundred percent approach women. I just think it needs to be done. Like, what do you tell your clients right now during a pandemic when everyone's wearing a mask? What do you tell them to do to approach? I say, if you feel comfortable in this pandemic, I don't mean comfortable, like you're comfortable, emotionally comfortable. I mean, if you're comfortable COVID wise, because I know there's some people have different COVID sensitivities. So if you have a very high COVID sensitivity, probably approaching right now is not for you or dating in general. But if you don't care, then just treat it like you would if there was no pandemic. Mm. You're going to have the mask on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit harder for sure. It's harder because you don't even know what she looks like necessarily. It's kind of awkward. You're talking through masks. 
it's a little awkward because you don't know if they have a COVID sensitivity, the woman that you're talking to. So yes, it's harder, but it still can be done. Mm -hmm. And people are doing it and they are succeeding at it. And also, I think that we're near the end of this thing, but we still don't know how long masks are going to be around for. It might be something that we need to be wearing for another couple of years. Are you really just going to stick to, you know, back to our topic of exposure? Are you really just going to be doing online dating? I think you're missing out on a lot of amazing women that you could be talking to mm-hmm. out and about if you're just doing online dating or Instagram DMing. And, you know, so I say that guys should go for it, even if it's a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. I agree. So what do you think of the napkin trick? The napkin trick, excuse me. The napkin trick? Yeah. Um, well, I think... So what? It, it, explain exactly what happened with that. So, okay, I'll give you the scenario. You are sitting at a restaurant and you're by yourself or with your girlfriend or you're sitting at a cafe and you're by yourself completely just with your laptop and you're working. Mm-hmm. And someone just drops off a napkin and they just give you a big smile. And then you grab the napkin, you read it and it has someone's number and it has like a small cheeky whatever message on it. on the guy. I think that the conversion rate on that would also be low. Mm-hmm. So if you did that a bunch of times, I don't think it would result in what you're looking for if you just went up and said hi. I agree. Also, I think that you're going to be making yourself stronger in a sense by going over and saying hi. And I also think the conversion, like, I think it could work, mm-hmm. right? I think it could work, but it could also look weak. It's like, why didn't he just come over and talk to me? Why is he just sending napkins and notes, right? Right. I mean, it's happened to me over the years, maybe let's just let's just throw five out there. So if it's happened five times, those five times nothing came of it. So the conversion was zero. <laughs> right. And why and why was it zero? I truly think it's because I wasn't available. Like that's the thing, you don't know if the person's single or not. So you're kind of it's a it's a shot in the dark. It really is. Right. Well, same thing if you're doing an approach. Right. But you have more of an opportunity if you actually talk and connect with them. You see, right. I what I talk about to guys is that men are more visual creatures than women, right? Okay. Guys, you can't see this right now, but she's nodding her head in, in big agreement here. Whereas <laughs> men... So what that means is if you're a guy who... And let's say you're just even a really, really good looking guy, a very handsome guy, and you do the napkin trick, still, she's not experiencing your personality and she's not experiencing your behavior. Where men, if that were to happen to a man and he found the woman attractive, he'd probably call her. But for a woman, she needs to experience him and not his looks. Can you can you talk about that? Like what do you think? Do you agree with that? If so, like how does that work for you? Mm, no, I completely agree. I do think that men are such visual creatures. And I do agree that women, it's more of, it's about safety. It's about security. It's about how they make us feel. And the looks are more of... That was key right there. I want to I want to interrupt. Mm-hmm. You just said how they make you feel. Mm-hmm. God, that's really good. I never even said it like that. That's, a re- that's such a simple way of putting it. How a man makes you feel. Guys aren't really saying that. They're getting that feeling from just the visual. Right. Sorry, continue. No, it's it's so true. And that's, you know, that's why some of these really, really good looking men sometimes don't get that dream girl because they don't know how to make them feel secure, complete, or safe, or any of those things. I just think that men are way more visual. And that, you know, working in matchmaking, I have a lot more male clients. And so I mean, over and over again, they're like, looks is like the number one thing. It's like looks. And I'm like, I know looks is number one. Let's skip over. Okay, number two, three, like, what are you looking for? And they dive into that. But it's looks is always the first thing. And women, it's always number seven. (laughs) Always. What's the the first... I want to ask you, what's the first couple for women? And then I want you to tell me what are the ones that men say after looks? 
Mm. Women, it, the first couple of things, it's always kind. Someone kind, like they always say, I don't want the sarcastic asshole. Like I'm so over those guys. Like I want someone kind. And I'm like, okay. And usually the second thing is someone with a good sense of humor. And then I would say the third thing is someone who's secure, someone who's grounded, someone who's just like well-balanced. And for men, it's... What, is that, what does that mean? Someone like grounded? Secure, like, yeah, what does that mean? Someone who's financially secure and someone who's just... Oh, financially secure. Got it. Mm-hmm. But also grounding also in a sense of someone who's not like overly emotional, someone who's just, you know, like centered, someone who's just put like knows who they are. They're just grounded. Does that make sense? I mean, I feel kinda, like... kinda. Hmm. It's very hippie speak in a sense, <laughs> even though I know that that's not you, but still. Yes. Grounded knows, I guess. Okay. I, I figured it out. I think it's, it sounds synonymous with confidence. Sure. But grounded, know who you are. It sounds like you just, you, you're comfortable in who you are and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And Is you that, know who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. Right. Yeah, for sure. With men, again, it's, you know, the looks is the first thing. Yeah. And then they usually ask, they usually want someone who's very nourishing, someone who's like very family oriented, like motherly kind of. Like motherly, yeah. That side of them. Right. So I think it's interesting that. That's the second thing for a guy. You know, the data doesn't lie. I, like I said, I've talked to many matchmakers before. They've been on this podcast and I pretty much heard identical mm. identical qualities and characteristics from other matchmakers in terms of what men and women are looking for. Sure. So yeah, yeah, that's good. I, you know, I was th- thinking too, back to the visual thing. I was driving the other day and I saw a billboard for a strip club. And so then that got my brain in the downward spiral thinking about like strip clubs and why they exist. And I started just like analyzing it because this is what I do. And then I thought, let's think about this. How, how interesting. There are so many strip clubs for men. Probably, I don't, this is not an accurate figure, but I bet you it's like 50 to 1 in terms of how many strip clubs there are for men and for women. Why is that? Right? Why is that? Men are more visual. Yeah. Right? Like how many times have you ever wanted to go to a strip club? Yeah, no. <laughs> probably probably zero. <laughs> probably you know? Zero. Right. Because again, that's the whole visual thing and that's not what... You know what they should do? They should have... This would be like a funny comedy bit. Like what if there was a stri- uh, not a strip club, but an identical club for women and you go in there and the men just listen... And just listen to you as you talk about your day, and they just hold space for you. And that would be the female version of a strip club. Probably. And <laughs> does that sound about right? I don't think it's a good idea to do that, but I do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not a good business idea at all. But yeah, anyways, mm-hmm. that, that, that's what I was thinking about. And, mm-hmm. and just, yeah, men are, men are more visual. Okay, back to exposure. So, Meeting women in person and then online. So let me ask you this: What you teach online dating, right? You you help guys with online dating? Absolutely. Okay. Do you have a recommendation for how, if we're talking about exposure, like how long, how many hours per week should a guy be swiping and messaging? Do you ever give advice on time limit at all? Does it ever come up? You should one thousand percent. Give if you're full. If your goal is to meet someone and you're feeling like time is an essence, and you really need to find that person within a short amount of time, I think you should devote at least thirty minutes a day towards your online dating. Love it. I definitely agree with that. I tell guys that all the time. Okay. At least thirty minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a full time job, and that's why a lot of these executives that I work with, like for my matchmaking company, they they don't have the time to do the online dating and that's why they fully delegate that to me. But I tell them, I'm like, you know, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with you leveraging just my network, but it really is a numbers game and you're, you could be doing more if you also give it just 30 minutes a day or even 10 minutes a day, you know, for those really, really busy people could do 10 minutes a day. Totally. Totally. I even say, what I say to guys is put into it also what you want to get out of it, right? So 
if your priority is I'm looking for a woman, I want a wife, I want a girlfriend, then you might be doing an hour and a half a day. If, if that's really big in your priority list and that's what you're looking for. If it's low on priority, I would say, yeah, probably like you know 30 minutes a day. But it all depends on what your priority is. And also, I kind of want to move this conversation to talking about this idea of exposure. I think that a lot of people might think that it seems desperate, right? The idea of exposure or volume, you know, the fact that it's a numbers game. What would you say to someone who would, who would say that to you? Like, oh, that sounds desperate. Really? You're going to do it half an hour a day? You're going to do an hour a day? You're going to be approaching all these women? You're going to be sliding into DMs? Oh, sounds a little desperate. What would you say to that person? You know, I've never had a client do that. However, if they did, I would say, well, let's let's look within. Why do you because that that person's triggered? You know, they feel like that's desperation and that's all ego. So I would encourage that person to look within and say, why is my ego telling me that's desperation and that I'm above that? You know, if your goal is to meet someone, why wouldn't you want to do put in the work? Yeah. I mean, also, it's just, you're not going to match with everybody. Yeah. You know? If you're looking for a good match, you're going to have to meet a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You know? I think it's more, if you do the opposite, then that's, to me, that's settling. For sure. And I think the first thing that people need to do um, is to figure out, and I help my clients, as that's the first session we do, is to figure out what are you looking for in a person? And I make all my clients take out a piece of paper or their notepad on their iPhone. And I'm like, let's write down 10 non-negotiables. These are the 10 things that you have to have in a relationship no matter what. And you know, some Damn, you give them 10, I give them three. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd say 10 minimum. Usually they get to like... Minimum. Yeah, absolutely. And because you know, if you don't even know what you're looking for, then that's like trying to find a missing person without the prescription. Okay. But do you think that if they have a list of 20 things, it might be harder to find that person? I think that you're going to you're going to do a way better job of vetting on your own. I think that if you're just saying she just needs to be kind and respectful and that's it, it's like, oh my gosh, that doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> There's a lot of really kind and respectful women out there. So I think that it's so good to have at least 10 non-negotiables to really hone down and like find that person. Interesting. Yeah. When the guy says to me, I want a kind woman or I want a woman who like supports what I do for work, I tell them that shouldn't even be a non-negotiable. That's a default. Like she better support your work. She mm -hmm. better be kind and respectful. Mm -hmm. She better not cause drama in your life. Like that's just like default. Those are just red flags if if that ever comes about, right? Speaking of red flags, do you ever tell your clients like, oh, that's a yellow flag. I had a client say, is this yellow or red? And I was like, wait, I thought it was just green and red. What's going on here? Do we have yellow flags now? We do have yellow flags. I have said that to clients before. A yellow flag is not a deal breaker, but it's caution. Mm. I don't know what's going on here. You know, I don't think of an example of a yellow flag. Mm, what about a guy that has too many female clients or too many female friends? I think that's a yellow flag. Oh, interesting. Why would you say that? I think if a guy has too many girl-female friends, it's like, why do you need that many women in your life? Like, you know, what do you gain from that? Well, I'm just playing devil's advocate right now because sure. I do agree with you. People are people. Why can't we just be friends with people? Why does it matter what gender they are? Can't we just have friends? Who cares if they're male or female? Hmm. Then I would say as long as they have really good friend boundaries, then I think it works. I would say it is a yellow flag on the other end as well. Because I would imagine mm -hmm. if there was a woman who had a lot of male friends, most likely 80% of those guys want to sleep with her or like her. And I've heard a lot of stories of, of that happening. Do you have How many guy friends do you have? <laughs> Well, we went from like eight guy friends to I think now we're just down to like like really close guy friend. I would say one because 
This is from the breakup. No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. This is from no. This is just from me realizing that I don't need to have that many guy friends. That you know, I just, I just don't. Okay, so you started cutting them. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Interesting. And I do think that it really does affect the dynamic in a relationship if you have so many guy friends. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Mm-hmm. Would you get jealous if your next boyfriend had a lot of girlfriends? I'm definitely not one to get jealous. I would, because I'm a very secure, independent person. And especially... You have secure attachment style? No, no, no. I, I don't know which attachment style I have actually. But I will say this. I wouldn't be jealous. I would just question, why do you need that many women in your life? Like if I'm in your life and you have you know, a good relationship with your mom, with your sister, what have you, why do you need a panel of women in your life? Like what... Sometimes like if you dig deeper, you find out different things. Just like I realized that maybe I had eight guy friends because... I didn't want to have a boyfriend, but I needed that masculine energy around me, right? And then I realized like that's not healthy either, you know? Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I I love how honest you're being. I don't think many women would admit to that because they want to be cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they want to be like, no, I'm cool, cool, it's cool. They can they can have that. They can have girlfriends. I don't care. But deep down inside, they don't want that. Well, yeah, I don't. I just think that it's... But I again, like I was just talking to one of my really good friends. She's actually my closest girlfriend I have. She lives in London. She's a psychiatrist and she has a PhD. And no, she's a psychologist. Sorry. She's the one that doesn't write the prescription. Okay. I get them confused all the time. But she was just saying how when someone of the opposite sex has a ton of friends of like, for example, if her boyfriend has like six girlfriends, it's like, what do you need outside of the relationship, why do you need all that feminine energy? It's just not, it's, it's something within you. Like you need that women validation constantly or what is it? And we really, we had a really cool discussion. We should turn it into a podcast because she goes so deep, but yeah, quite fascinating. That's interesting. That's interesting putting it that way too. Like why do you need that much feminine energy around you? I kind of feel that like hearing this, I, yeah, I really don't think guys should have a lot of female friends. Like I think you want to have a lot of male friends so you could be in tune with more of that masculine energy, mm-hmm. which is going to make you feel more in touch with yourself. I think it's also going to make you more attractive because you're in touch with that masculine energy. Now I'm looking back to my college years. I had way too many girlfriends. <laughs> Wait, what about right now? But I, I was in the I was in the friend zone, by the way, with all those girls. Those are not my girlfriends. Those are like the I was friend zone constantly, all the way from from uh, junior high to high school to college, and then I really started to learn what it meant to tap into my masculine energy, so to speak. Mm. You know, right? And that's what. So yeah, I guess I didn't tell you that part of it. When we were talking earlier, you asked me how I got into this. Well, I'm very similar to the guys who listen to this podcast, right? I was also a guy who was searching online, how do you talk to girls? I didn't literally type that in, but I was just finding random stuff on the internet, like how do you meet women and how do you attract women? Because I just didn't know. You know, I was in my early 20s, I had all these friend zone experiences. So I learned this through anything I could find online at the time. And then practicing and going out and practicing talking to women and getting comfortable with women and understanding how to flirt with the woman and all this stuff that they don't teach you. Mm. you know. And, and your dad doesn't necessarily teach you that. Your older brother doesn't necessarily teach you that. And so if you want to be your most attractive self, you do have to learn some of these key skills. So that's what I did. And that's what I put myself through when I was in my early 20s and then started trip advice because I wanted to share the knowledge, but in a way of which I wish I found... Like I wish I would have found the stuff that I teach in the way that I teach it. It's like I wanted to teach guys in the, in the way I wish I learned it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I think this goes... Back- it, was, it was complicated. No, but I mean, it, I was just having a conversation with Cassandra about this, how, you know, 
women are taught like by our dads are like, oh, you need to have standards. If he doesn't treat you with respect and if he's not a gentleman, if he doesn't open your door, he's out. You know, dads really come into that and good dads anyways, really teach their daughters about that. And I'm just thinking men just don't have that. Like you guys aren't really taught all those things. And so in school doesn't teach you that either. So you're kind of just left like trying to figure it out. So it makes sense to me. It's uh yeah, and it's tough. Very shameful for men to look all guys who are who are interested in coaching and they go, Yeah, I didn't want to fill out an application because I just felt so weird about it. Just mm-hmm. like guys are really sh- they feel shame. They shouldn't feel shame. I'm trying to preach to guys that you shouldn't feel shameful for not knowing. Yeah. It's not something that you're you necessarily learn as a kid, and it's not always very intuitive. I'd say dating advice. At least the stuff that works is very counterintuitive. So it's just stuff that you might not know. And it's okay to learn it. It's okay to understand it. It's okay to study it. At the end, at the end of the day, you're trying to get the best woman possible. Mm-hmm. So who cares what kind of work you want to put into that? Right? It's like, and kind of coming back to our topic here of exposure is. Whatever you need to do to expose yourself to lots of women and get to a point where you understand what women are thinking, what they're attracted to, and you end up in a position where you're in an awesome relationship or maybe you're just in casual relationships and you love your dating and sex life, fantastic. Who cares how you got there? You got there. Mm -hmm. So I try to tell guys, don't feel shameful. Oh, 1,000%. And people, it's fascinating to me how you know, people are like, but I'm so good at my job and I can, you know, work an entire conference room and da 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 da. And, and I'm like, yeah, and you've had practice and you've been taught how to do that. Dating, you've never been taught how to do that. You've, so give yourself some grace, you know, and there's no shame in that. So, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Talia, we did it. We did it. We got, we got through it <laughs> with our sickness, with our low voices, but we did it. If, Guys want to work with you. They're interested in getting matchmaking. Where can they find you? So they can... Honestly, the best way to get in touch with me is through my Instagram. Just at T-H-A-L-I-A-O-U-I-M-E-T. And shoot me a DM or just go on my website. But honestly, if you shoot me a DM and you're like, Hey, I'm interested to learn more about matchmaking. That's the best way to get in touch with me. Cool. We'll put that handle in the show notes so guys can check that out guys slide into her dms you can you know test out some of the lines that we talked about today see what works she's freshly single there you go talia thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me